0: Tired. So tired. Over-tired.
1: Hey, listeners, you are in for a weird episode of Overtired this week. Um, both Christina and Jeff have had to take the week off for differing reasons. Uh, so it's me, Brett Terpstra, and I am here with two special guests. From the Technically Queer podcast, we have
2: Brian Guffey and Quinn Pollitt. How are you doing? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Pretty well, considering Brian gave me one minute notice and I'm just, <laughs> yeah. rubbing, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. I'm super psyched that you were available with one minute notice.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, Quinn's pretty talented. As you say, Quinn, you have ADHD, so you're always ready to talk. Always prepared to talk. The brain is going a
2: thousand miles an hour. What will come out? Mostly something put together, you know, hopefully. And Brian, you have ADHD too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah so this is
1: this is a very ADHD episode. Oh, no. It usually is, but we have we've have replaced our two usual regular ADHD co-hosts with two new ADHD co-hosts.
0: Yeah, um, and honestly, and honestly, like what you're probably getting is double Christina and less <laughs> Jeff in this. When you think about the energy, honestly, um, Jeff is Jeff is an orchestrator like nobody else. Oh, no kidding. Ah, oh, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah. If
2: there's one thing I'm not, it's an orchestrator. <laughs> Same. That's
1: that's three non-orchestrators trying to put together an episode here. Um, but uh, but I would love it if you two, who know each other way better than I do, if you two kind of want to interview slash introduce each other to the overtired audience.
0: Yeah, absolutely, um, Quinn. I, I've been on this show before, so I'll start by interviewing you. Cool. I would so, recommend that. That was my thought. Yeah, excellent. Okay, Quinn. So, can you tell me uh, a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? Um... Yeah. And like, what is, and then some, something fun about yourself. We're doing icebreakers on ice <laughs> Something oh, fun no. about myself. what's your, what, what is, what are your mental illnesses? That's my favorite.
2: What are my mental illnesses? Okay. I love that. Um, okay. So my name's Quinn already been spoken. I'm actually a Canadian. I come from America's hat, um, AKA Canada, AKA, um, the place without a roof. Um, I joke, there's a long joke that no one understands about that. America's <laughs> on fire. We don't have a roof. That's the connection. Um, but yeah, I'm from Canada. I grew up in Ontario, Toronto, the, the one city people know. And now I live in beautiful British Columbia, aka Vancouver. That's the city. Uh, what do I do? I'm a programmer. Um, I program for my job. I work at uh, yet to be unnamed tech company. Uh, it's one of the ones. It's very important. If you Google my name, it's the first thing that shows up. So I pretend like no one will know if I don't say it, but it's literally the first thing that will show up if you Google mine. So <laughs> it's... It's not a secret. It's Amazon. Yeah, it's Amazon. It's Amazon. I work for Amazon.com, specifically .com. Um, uh, And yeah, I'm a programmer. uh, And I also, uh, I guess, you know, I'm a podcaster now. I've decided. I'm on Technically Queer. uh, It's a podcast. I had a role-playing game podcast for a bit. Don't Google it. It's bad. Um, And uh, yeah, my mental illnesses. Okay, so like actually, officially, my only official diagnosed mental illness is autism uh i have i have a touch of the tism, one might say uh but uh no, everyone i know is like you have adhd it's impossible that you don't and i'm like well yeah that checks out i believe that uh but i'm getting diagnosed you can't have a doctor in canada good luck getting diagnosed so uh i don't actually officially have it but You'll learn by listening that I, in fact, probably <laughs> I do.
0: Uh,
2: and, you know... i What's your favorite
0: programming language?
2: Okay, so that's an impossible question to answer. Um, your currently favorite. Well, okay, so my current favorite in my heart and soul is the Rust programming language. But it's actually too complicated to get things that I want to do done in it. Um, and so, uh, I, as a... F- I, I'm a web developer. I love making silly, stupid little websites. Uh, so... You know, I, I work in JavaScript. I work in TypeScript. We're all too mean to her. Um, and we need to be nicer to JavaScript. She's a mess, but she's put, she, she, she's a work, workhorse, you know? Rust knows what's going on, puts it all well together, but you know it doesn't actually do that. that's a lie now 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 rust does a lot but javascript's the workhorse and uh i think we we need we need more, more more respect for javascript do
1: do just do rust and javascript relate to each other in any way is there so i haven't gotten into rust yet it's kind of rust and go are kind of next on my to-do list vying for my attention mm-hmm. um i'm mostly interested in learning rust uh i am yeah, i'm more depth javascript Will JavaScript ugly?
2: help me get into Rust? No, no. Okay. Rust is Rust is complicated, but the compiler helps you out. Um, and Rust and JavaScript are related because uh, everyone's writing their things in Rust to compile JavaScript because it's slow. okay. So like Next.js, which is one of the like big yeah. new JavaScript frameworks, the compiler for that is written in Speedy Web Compiler, which is written in Rust. They just okay. rewrote. Their webpack engine called TurboPack that's also written in Rust. Rust is being used a lot for like JavaScript, like low level stuff to make it faster because JavaScript is slow. Like, if if, I don't know if you heard about Dino, it's like that other JavaScript engine. So there's Node.js. Node.js is what most people use to run JavaScript on the server. The person that wrote that was like, it's bad and I don't like it. And it's written in C and it makes it things. So wrote a new engine for the server called Dino, which is funny because it's like node, but swapped around that D E N O. Okay. Um, and that's written in rust. Uh, so rust is being used a lot. The community is really good. I think that's one thing that people really like about it is like, it has really like good community and, um, it's very safe. It's fun. Um, I think it lets you do a lot of cool stuff, uh, but it's definitely angry all the time. Whenever you use it, you're like, it's like, don't you can't do that. And you're like, but I want to. And it's like, no, you can't do that. And you're like, why? Wait, what, and it's like, because I need to be memory safe.
0: What's the other thing about Rust that really like aligns you with it that people well, should know about you? It's the it's the most transgender v- programming language,
2: obviously. Um there's a lot of like there's a lot of like trans people um that are like helping move Rust forward and like big in the Rust community. There's one like thing that people use to learn Rust. It's called Um it's an unofficial guide to Rust learning Rust with too many linked lists. And at one point there's a funny trans joke uh in it because the trans community is big on Rust. There's like my friend once sent me a meme which was like the before Rust programming language and it was a little anime boy, and it was after the Rust programming language, and uh it became uh it became like a trans person. So it's just very it's very trans, it's very funny. Um, and, uh, I really like it. I like kind of got into it a little bit because of that, but I also think like, it's cool that what it can do and its goals and stuff. But yeah, I feel like that's, that's the vibe.
0: Nice. Nice. Excellent. Um, wonderful. So how do you, uh, what do you want to know about me, Quinn? What? Oh, Brian,
2: I have an important question about you. Yeah. Okay. Important question. Yeah. So you, uh, where, where, where uh, you've been on this before. So maybe you said, where in the world you are, but it's always fun to know that question. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to throw it back to you. What mental illnesses do you have and uh, what mental illnesses do you probably have?
0: Sure, absolutely. So uh, my name is Brian Guffey. I am not Carmen San Diego, which means that I have been in Southern California, nor- around Los Angeles for the past couple of years. Before that, I lived in Ohio. I lived in oh- I've lived in Ohio the most in my life but I was born in Kansas and I've also lived in New York City and the Chicago suburbs. Um, uh, My mental illness is, boy, ADHD, diagnosed when I was six years old. So I've been on medication since six years old. Um, And then also generalized anxiety disorder, um, illness anxiety disorder, and uh, complex PTSD. And then also... I haven't been diagnosed, but also probably a bit of the TISM. My therapist basically agreed with me that I have autism, but she's like, I'm not an autism specialist, so I can't diagnose you with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's me. I think, uh, I, yeah, that those are my mental illnesses and I, this is my like fifth time on, uh, overtired and I am definitely tired today. I didn't get a lot of sleep. Um, because my ADHD caused me and my boyfriend to have a little fight yesterday. Because the hardest thing for an ADHD person, at least my version of ADHD, is when I'm happy to, to say less. Right? <laughs> to just yeah. be like, oh, you told me something important about your life or a thing that you're working on. All I need to say is, that's great. I support you. Not, oh, did you think about it this way? <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. I, uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty good at, at, uh,
1: when my partner tells me something that is like, she's in a good mood, great, great story, whatever. I'm pretty good at just like, that's awesome. Um, I support you. Uh, she tends to like ask questions, like perfectly legitimate questions about whatever I'm excited in. And it will like, it'll like bring my mood down. Cause like suddenly I'll have to like, face some reality that i hadn't considered before when my mood was elevated um it gets
0: it gets messy but yeah that happens with me and my boyfriend it is like we're both navigating this thing where we're like can we say something to each other without it causing one -hmm. of us to be upset and and like letting go both letting go of the like the worry about that but then also like Being aware that that's probably a place where your partner is. So to give them the space where you can hold your reaction, you know, and think about it with yourself is just difficult. And we're both working and tired. Like who is who invented work? Why? (laughs) So this will
1: lead into our mental health corner, but Quinn, do you see a therapist for your autism?
2: Uh, okay. So for my autism, no, do I see a therapist? Yes do i talk about autism all the time is it officially for autism no but does your is your does your therapist understand
1: autism i would say yeah okay okay that's what i was actually
2: asking do you see a therapist that understands autism i would say yeah um i think yeah i like my therapist she's good and i think she like understands my brain in a way which is helpful because yeah brains are silly you know
1: yeah my my girlfriend with autism has a therapist that she loves and uh and she gets advice and and coping mechanisms and techniques and things from her therapist that I don't think she could get anywhere else and that have made her life immeasurably better and like that's Brian that's why I, like i would love if you could get an actual diagnosis so that you could but i mean you could you could talk to a therapist about it either way
0: yeah i talked to my therapist about it i don't know how much experience she has with autism particularly and honestly i'm not sure how much experience she has with adhd particularly mm-hmm. i chose this therapist because i wanted to really work on um like race like it's like some of the some of the stuff related to like being a black person and a queer person in 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 america at the time that i chose her but yeah now there is this other stuff that sort of like lays on top of some of my my traumas like we were just we had i had a nathan and i had a big fight last week and but it turned out that like i thought it was because oh, I don't feel like I deserve to be in a relationship. But it turned out, she was like, no, I think that what it is is that you are afraid of being abandoned and because of what's happened to you in the past and you don't deal with that. Like you, or and or like the grief that like the relationship that you, you know, there's always a difference between the relationship you want and the relationship you have, like the ideal relationship and the real one that you have. And you have to be able to like hold space for the idea that my relationship is not everything that I wanted, but it it is incredibly valuable to me, especially I'm, I'm poly. So that's the other piece of it. Right. Is that every relationship, like if I'm not getting something in one relationship, I can get it in another, but she pointed out to me, you need to hold space for the fact that like you aren't getting everything that you thought you would get in your primary relationship. And so you have to be able to talk about that. Otherwise, it's going to make you feel unsafe or threatened if that, those things are given to somebody else. Um, and then it's just going to cause you to be resentful and then act like you don't deserve to be in the relationship. So there's like a whole other level she went under. And I was like, wow, I didn't expect that therapy it's good yeah so my mental health is iffy brett it's iffy right (laughs) now
1: (laughs) i chose my therapist first and foremost based on someone who wasn't faith-based uh which in the town where i live like uh i would guess about half of the therapists available here are faith-based and i needed someone who could recognize what kind of trauma fundamentalist upbringing and flicks on on especially young queer people but just kids in general like you convince a kid that they're going to hell and like and and if they make the wrong choices they'll burn for eternity you will fuck a kid up and um so that was my first and and foremost uh consideration i i think he he's great with bipolar like he has he has impressed the hell out of me with understanding my particular brand of bipolar which I have come to realize is cyclothemia um but uh like he's super well versed in that I do not when I when I talk to him about finding like coping strategies for ADHD he doesn't seem to have um any Insightful answers beyond what, you know, I get from YouTube anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but he's been great for bipolar. He's been great for working through some religious trauma and, uh, figuring out how to talk to my parents without freaking out. Um, so any, I have an appointment with him. I canceled an appointment with him today because I had to pick my dad up from surgery um but he was able to reschedule with me at like 4:30 p.m. my time which is way later than i would usually want to do anything that required emotional uh resilience at all um so we'll see how that goes but my my quick check in is i am um i'm depressed uh i'm i'm functioning fine i'm getting my work done i'm able to show up for everything but i'm definitely having uh, thoughts like the one of the signs when I get depressed is I start analyzing my relationship and seeing problems where there aren 't problems and and uh, and I have to be very careful not to freak out on my girlfriend uh, because I see some failing in our relationship or in her or in myself that if I step back and look at like long-term patterns is not a real thing. Uh, but in the moment, it seems very real and I can blow shit up uh, because this right now seems like a real problem. And, and, and it always has been in my mind. Um, and she is very adept at talking me down and pointing out, well, you seem a little depressed right now. Could that, could that have any effect on what you're feeling about this? And, She's she's a fucking pro at dealing with my my moods. I greatly appreciate her. Um but that's that's my check-in. I'll turn it over to uh to Brian for a quick check-in.
0: Yeah, my quick check-in is again like I'm a little anxious about the like recurrent arguments that my boyfriend and I have been having. And trying to figure out how to... Like, I'm in this space right now where I'm not sure where... When, like, things are um, an overreaction versus, like, an honest thing that I should communicate. You know, because uh, the dynamic is that he's... It's just that I take up so much space in a room, and he... Naturally, is an is an accommodator. So if I'm not if I'm not careful, I will take up all of the space, and he will be like, "I don't feel like I have any space to be me," and everything becomes about you. And yeah, and I think I realize I think to some degree, like that's a defense mechanism for me, where I just am so used to other people not thinking about me that it's kind of hard to believe that here is this person who like before they bring something up to me, they've already thought about how it might impact me. Yeah. And so I don't have to do that work and like effectively take the focus away from them. I can just let them have the, their focus. And like, um, they suggested like asking questions instead of making statements. And I think that's the thing I want to learn about doing more, which is like, I'm interested in what you said. Can you tell me more? Instead of, so you so what you're really saying is this right difference between those oh my god yeah
1: see i need to learn that i i speak in hypotheticals um i will Mm -hmm. i will state my hypothesis with the intention that whoever hears it will say well actually no or here's what's wrong with that but i state it as as a statement and for people like especially my girlfriend like she will initially take that as i've made up my mind here's how it is And, and not as me proposing a hypothesis, but as me like saying, this is my mind and it can't be changed. And I have worked hard to begin. And sometimes I will state a hypothesis, but then I will immediately follow it with a question like, so what do you think about that? And like make it open for discussion. But that's definitely, that's a failing that I
2: have long had. Yeah. I think that's, I'm like a notorious poke hole in thing like i see things and i like find like little holes and i'm like poke 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 and i'm like one i think this is this definitely a bit of autism like one it's okay if someone's a little bit wrong let's let people have fun and two (laughs) not everything needs to be a problem and just like i think there's like also i saw that one thing with the like adhd you like communicate to people by telling stories about yourself and you're like Mm -hmm. i feel you because one time this thing happened to me yeah and they're like can't we just talk about me and I'm like, oh, I am trying to talk about you. I'm just right. telling you that I get it from a me story, uh-huh. and they're like, no, then you're talking about yourself. And I'm like, okay, and yeah, yeah like just that's learning our way to of ask questions. That's our
1: way of saying that I I understand what you're saying. Here's something similar that's happened to me. We don't need to talk about it. I'm just letting you know, like, there's this. I I feel a connection. This is how I'm relating to what you're saying, yeah. and that is for that that often comes across as oh, yeah, let's make this all about you.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think the thing I would say, and then I'll pass it to you, Quinn, for your check-in, is that what happens is they are so used to, many people are used to, um, they're not used to the focus changing. Like, they're not used to somebody bringing that up in that way. But number two, what they've been taught to do is when somebody says, oh, yeah, this thing happened to me in this similar way, is that they've been taught to say, Oh, tell me more about that, right? So they feel the pressure internally to do the socially appropriate thing in that situation, which is then make it about us. And so there is this thing where it's like, we're all just sort of operating and trying to like survive in the social like scripts that we exist in. And so I try to remember that just as much as I'm trying to communicate with them, they're trying to communicate with me. And it may be that like, like I need to be like, oh man, you know, I can imagine that that would be a difficult experience that those words coming out of my mouth are actually in my head. I went through that once and it was a difficult experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or say one time this, ha- I, I had a similar experience and I just want to share that with you so that you know that I'm empathizing with you. You know, now let's talk about you. You yeah, know, and I, some of you, those you say the,
2: You say the words. Like, you say out loud what was, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, like, the, like, yeah, yeah. what the talk about, you're, you're like, okay, I did the thing. I, like, sometimes you're like, I can't stop my brain from being like, here's this one thing that happened to me related to that thing, whoa. And then I'm like, um, then I was like, then you have to be like, okay, like, let's move back to you or like, you know, how did that and you're like, say the word and stop being like, bring it all towards yourself. Because I feel like it's super easy to like, do that. And then yeah, like back and forth social script. And you're like, Oh, whoops, I was speaking to someone that doesn't do this. Because it is always really funny when you're speaking to someone else that is ADHD, and you back and forth tell stories about oh, yourself.
1: Yeah. And you could do that for hours. You yeah, just, forever. like
2: Basically just riff off each other for hours. But yeah. What sucks is when,
1: when you do it to somebody who says that's not the exact same thing that I'm talking about. They don't look at it as like, okay, so you had a similar experience and and you reacted in a similar way to me and that's how you're relating to me. They look at it as like, yeah, that's not what happened to me and you are clearly wrong because it's not the exact same situation and then they're offended that you tried to relate in that way. And that always gets me into trouble. Yeah.
0: That's yep. wild. But. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what happened yesterday is like, I said a thing that offended my boyfriend because I thought I was saying a thing that was being helpful. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest thing to like wrap your feelings around and be like, wow, I just really messed up there. Like what I thought I was communicating isn't what you received. And the only thing that we can do, and this is a hard thing for me is like, All I can do is control my communication. I can't control the way that they're going to respond. Nor is it helpful for me to tell them to respond differently. Yeah,
2: Feelings are true, even if you're like, but no, that's not what I meant. The person still felt that thing. And that was still true. You know, are you able to have this conversation
1: though? And explain that the way you, what you meant wasn't the way it was received and, and to talk it through.
0: Yes, but, and here's the but. I want to talk it through until he's not upset anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And he has told me very clearly, any conversation that goes longer than 10 minutes, he is being accommodating because he is an extreme introvert. And it's very much like, this is the thing that we're doing. And like yesterday, I literally canceled attending a meeting To keep talking to him because I thought that was the right thing to do, but also because like the one time he tried to end the conversation, he was still upset. And I was like, I can't have you still upset at me. So I have to keep the conversation going instead of I'm so bad. I'm so bad at feeling bad and like being comfortable feeling bad for a little bit and then letting it go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have trouble with that too. I learned from my ex-wife that... Um, sometimes, and this is not why she's my ex-wife, but like sometimes in a, in an argument, uh, space, like some time for the other person to collect their thoughts instead of constant, constantly trying to, uh, speak your mind is not a way to collect your thoughts for introverts like introverts need time alone to come to their own conclusions before they can effectively communicate them. To try to communicate externally in the moment leads to literally thinking out loud and some of your thoughts might be wrong and then you misspeak and then you're in trouble. So I learned to give her space to think and in the process realized that's really good for me too. Um, And yeah, there are times where, I'll, I'll go down to my little den, uh, watch a TV show and I'll be angry about whatever's happening, but just kind of put it on pause for a little while. And it's been a really good coping mechanism because, and I'm the same, like I have a 10 minute limit too. I can only discuss a matter of the heart, something that offended me, something that upset us. I got about, I got about 10 minutes and then, and then I need.
2: I need it to either be over resolved or I need a break. I get that. I'm. There was a moment in my life where I thought I was a, an introvert, and I'm the least introvert. I think out loud. I think <laughs> on my feet. I move forward. Um, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I totally could see how I'm like, please, have people who are like, you've talked enough. It's fine. We can move <laughs> on. And I'm like, no, like this is how I think, you know. Um, and I think. Yeah, the like feeling bad, I'll, I'll pull this into my mental health check-in, but like feeling okay about feeling bad is something that I've been really working on. Like I think like, I'm like, I feel like one thing that I always want to do is solve my own brain problems. You're like, you're feeling bad and you're like, why do I feel this bad? Let's dive deep into the psyche to solve this problem. And the answer is one, you're going to feel worse. Two, you're not solving this problem right now. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you can't solve the years of brain problems that you have. It's okay you can just move on um, and like it's okay to feel bad right now we can figure about that and you know get, like giving yourself the grace that you like want to give others about feeling bad I feel like something that I've been working on and I feel like to mental health check-in um, I've been talking about this with some people I've been having like a bad executive function week I feel like instead of doing anything I've been staring at walls being like I should start something and then I start nothing and I start Wafty. a wall so good and then I pick something out and then I just like do something that I shouldn't be doing for like 40 minutes I don't know. I think the funniest thing, I was like this today, I'm going to make chicken soup. And while it's going, I'm going to clean my apartment because it's sitting in the oven for a while. That's so much sure. time. Yeah. But no, there's no such thing as passive time. I'm thinking about the chicken soup 100% of the time. I'm sitting on the couch being like, <laughs> I could be cleaning, but I must think about the chicken soup being made. There's no there's no passive cooking time. There's no doing this other thing. So instead, I just sat down and stared at the oven like an hour and a half. (laughs) This is what I'm doing Um, right now. I'm watching the
0: oven. Can I give you you a fun tip for that that has worked for me? Yeah, I love fun tips. Set a timer, even like a five-minute timer, and say, I know the chicken soup is going to take 90 minutes. I'm going to take five of those minutes with this timer, and the the timer is your motivated factor to do something for just five minutes because part of what's happening is i think is that you know that you could get time blindness and it could be four hours later yeah and so you're worried that you're going to miss the chicken soup and so if you say i'm going to take little chunks of time and give myself a timer in there then like it's not a whole 90 minutes you have to fill which you're like oh fuck i'm gonna miss the soup
2: that's that's very fair i feel like yeah there's like a level of like I've been talking about this because I think like there's a lot of people that I feel like have this autism ADHD combo and I think I have a
0: 75%
2: I have an official autism diagnosis and what that gives me is knowledge but that's it it's free you know you get it and it's free you can't really do anything about it except get knowledge and work it through but people with ADHD it's not free but you get some sort of like attempted medication you know And so like, it's a more important diagnosis to some people because there's a attempt other than just thinking about your brain a lot to do something about it, (laughs) you know? And yeah, I, that's why like, I don't know, I was talking to my friend who is like an official ADHD diagnosis, but thinks that like they have autism and they're like, oh, but I'm not totally sure. And I'm like, you can just decide you have autism and move with that fact and see what happens. You know, we can move along with that fact because it's just like a. I like to joke that like there's a lot of things in your life, but autism, I think, is one of them. Is like you get to replay the movie of your life, but you know the tr- you know that you know the twist ending. You're like, oh, this makes so much sense. This is why everything yeah. was being weird. Um, this is this
1: has been a point of contention on this podcast before because Christina is very anti self diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have learned from the autism community that. It's a real, uh, it's a privilege to be able to get a diagnosis, Mm -hmm. to have the uh, funds and resources available to get an official autism diagnosis. And there is so much information out there that it is possible to say, yes, this applies to me. This explains, this is a theory that explains my natural order in such a way that I can Confidently say, "I am autistic," and then and then fucking roll with, just roll with and, it and
2: and learn what you need to learn. Like, I think the reality yeah. is, like, having an official autism diagnosis versus being like, "This is what I think feels like." Does like, you know, having an official autism diagnosis gives you a piece of paper that confirms to you something that belief, and there's some value to that. But like, there's no like, and now here's what we move forward doing that. That is like only possible because of the diagnosis. Um, and that's why like, I think like self-diagnosis for some things is like, you know, I understand why people have some like troubles with it or whatever. Um, but I mean, I'm a big self-determination like type of person. I think like it comes like, I think a little bit with the I'm trans, I think like comes with the like, you know, trans and like label in a way is like you're putting that self-determination to do something and I don't need like some person to be like, correct, check mark, you know? Because like, well, there's, there's just layers of blockers that we've put on top of that. And yeah, there's a reality of like, I mean, with being trans is a little different because it's like, again, like it's one of those, like once you get official label, you can asterisk, go search up uh, informed consent. But um, like once you get an official label, there's things that you can do to move forward with it that you didn't get access to before. But there's so many things in this world that like, if it feels right with you and you can move forward, like you don't. Like getting an official wording doesn't give you like direct access to something other than like the ability to think about that. And you don't need some doctor to tell you that in my brain. You yeah, can wh- start to th- look at your life in that way. And then you can just be wrong. It's fine. Like,
0: whatever. Yeah, one of the things that I think so I uh will be the unofficial Christina uh whisperer here is that I think Christina is christina is a, is a person who often sees the uh the consequences of a situation before she sees the opportunities in a situation a whole a poker as one might say like me yeah and so she yeah and so she's like wow what happens is these things like these people this, these people do the, this thing and it causes this effect and, and well, like and people yeah. who,
1: when everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a little ADHD or obviously I'm ADHD and, and ADHD is, is more of an area where I do think you need an official diagnosis mm-hmm. because that's how you get treatment. Yeah. That's how, that's how you understand yep. it. Autism is a different beast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In my and, opinion.
0: And right. As I'm reading one of the things that I read recently on Twitter and I'll have to find the tweet, but somebody said autism is a neurotype, not an illness. And the concept here is that neurotypes are simply different. Like, the idea is that uh, there's many different natural forms of very human wiring in the brain. That's where neurodiversity comes from. And so a neurotype is like the like neurotypicals are like the so-called normal neurotype. And as, you know, so everybody everybody has a neurotype. So neurodiversity in this format is like, we're all neurotypes. We're all neurodiverse. It's just which neurotype do we have and what level of occurrence is that? So the, the autistic neurotype, the ADHD neurotype, right? Like these are just different ways our brains are wired and think in the world. And so Instead of saying you need an autism diagnosis, recognizing that you have an autistic neurotype means that you can think about what that means compared to how other people with a different neurotype operate. And so you can work to figure out your communication differences. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Like, I I think,
2: like, I I understand the, like, kind of consequence, because, like, I think with the ADHD thing, like you know, it's probably pretty dangerous to try to just, like, self-medicate, because you're like, I think I might have ADHD if you (laughs) actually, like, don't, and you've read some stuff, and, like, I think, like, there's, like, a level of like that, but I think, like... There's no way to legally self-medicate for ADHD. Exactly, right? Like, there's no way to legally, you know, other than maybe drinking 30 billion monster energies a day or whatever like that, (laughs) you know? Um, But I think there's, like, a level of just, like, the way that you can change your modes of thinking, um, and kind of move into that i think is something that i think a lot about the like general autism thing because it's like uh yeah I, I was joking like you know it's it's your it's you get it for free you know if you have it congratulations dude, you're not paying for anything to help you with it you might pay, be paying for therapy but you're just it's just like a think thought process in a way and like w- ways of changing your way of thinking of interacting with things so yeah yeah so
1: what we, we need to, we need to end the mental health corner at some point, but I feel like Quinn, you haven't really gotten an opportunity to offer your quick mental health
2: check. Oh yeah. Yet. My, my mental health check in is just that I'm mostly actually surprisingly fine. Uh, other than my inability to f- <laughs> focus on anything, my brain is deeply broken and staring at walls. But other than that, given the fact that it's becoming dark at four o'clock now, it's five o'clock, oh. but, um, I'm doing pretty good because. I definitely get the like, you know, it's dark at four o'clock. What am I going to do? I'm stuck in my tiny apartment forever life. But I've had like limited like external conflicts that are causing bad brain vibes. Um, I've just had I should be doing something, but instead I'm going to stare at the wall, which is unfortunate. But, you know, we're working through it. We're moving through it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know exactly how that goes. Uh, you
1: combine bipolar depression with ADHD and you spend a lot of time staring at walls. It's very frustrating um okay, so I'm going to take a quick sponsor break. Uh, if you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up right now. Overtired listeners can order the number one rated simply safe home security system for fifty percent off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. Here's why we love it. Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report. That's the third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect TM technology exclusively from SimpliSafe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, and smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24 7 professional monitoring services cost under a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. Arm or, dis- un- <laughs> Arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance for a massive savings on our favorite security system. Get 50% off of any new system at simplysafe.com slash overtired today. This is their biggest discount of the year. That's s i m p l i s a f e dot com slash overtired. There's no safe like simply safe. Um, do you guys have the Quip document loaded up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, I would love it if you tell us tell us about uh, uh another favorite podcast of ours.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's time to tell you about one of our favorite podcasts, one of mine. Uh, When we're not talking here about mental health, I gotta tell you, we're usually talking about tech. And when it comes to covering all things tech, boy, do we have a podcast for you. So every week, This Week in Tech gives you a no-holds-barred deep dive into how big tech influences our culture and our lives. Join Twit.tv's Leo Laporte, Everybody Loves Leo, and our ever-changing panel of journalists and experts every Sunday as they break down and often disagree on the latest in tech. Subscribe to This Week in Tech wherever you get your podcasts. That was an excellent read. We should bring you you on just to do sponsor reads. Bro, totally. (laughs) Happy to do so. It's one of my favorite things, actually. So, I don't know... uh, what y'all's
1: schedule is, uh, we have about 15 minutes left in our hour. Uh, we could switch straight to gratitude, but honestly, uh, like if you guys have anything, any pop culture shit you want to get into, I'm here
2: for it. I love Andor. That's really my, my pop culture thing. Yeah. Oh, really? I, yeah. yeah. Have you Go not forward, watched but... it? I have not yet. It's probably the best Star Wars content made in an extremely long time like i think think, ever i think ever yeah i think it's the thing that i think is so important about it to me that i think is that it's it's ground level it's not focused on some person with the last name skywalker um (laughs) it's sharp like politically it's it's politically sharp and like makes really interesting points and um i think I think unlike the Mandalorian and like those other shows, which I like, don't get me wrong. I think I also fairly liked, but this is like recorded, not on a weird unreal engine wall. And so everything feels like they're like in a place. I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of like movies that I like to joke back in the day were really good because you mostly just got a bunch of weird dudes in a small room and then just, they were kind of weird. I think the thing is like, you know, the thing is one of those and predator is like a bunch of weird people in a small space. And then just like being forced to like on the like onset do things I think really extends it. And I feel and or feels like that to me. Unlike a lot of the Mandalorian stuff and a lot of the other Let Star Wars me... stuff where it's focused on like this big over narrative. And it was a lot of like, I feel like a lot of, Oh, I know that. Ooh. Or like, you know, it really just sure. for you to brain diesel yeah. and is like pointed yeah. and good.
1: He, you said it was politically sharp, and and the reason I've always preferred Star Trek to Star Wars is because they approach social issues um, through a lens. They abstract a social issue like involving an alien race or 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 some kind of sci-fi phenomenon in a way that addresses a social issue that we all face but in an abstract way that we can all understand differently. And Star Wars in general is more about like uh cowboy western plot lines and doesn't really address social issues. So are you saying that Andor steps out of that kind of cowboy western um uh genre enough to actually address social issues.
2: Yes. I think it's I think it's important there's not like this like big overarching hero's journey with lightsabers so- and space wizards. It's like yeah. about the like pol- it's like it's about um so it's it's based off um Andor something from Rogue One, which I think was one of the like more like politically a little sharp movies. And I think, like, it's really zooming in on a low level of, like, individual citizens and, like, it, like, doesn't, isn't talking about, like, white boys with space lasers. And it's, like, talking about, like, the politics of the world. Um, Yeah. The Narkeena 5 episode, which is, like, this prison episode, I think is, like, one of the best examples of that. Like, they, like, look at what, like, prison and labor and, like, this empire is kind of talking about and how that how that d- is displayed and how like all these how like empire interacts with like you know labor yeah, forced labor and that's stuff fascinating
1: like that. yeah I'm gonna get into that that sounds absolutely worth watching
0: yeah I have I'll give a culture shout out too I have I'll give two shout outs one is a new Netflix show which is the bastard son and the devil himself okay. It's a brand new show. It's based on a series of books. It is about basically a kid who's like there's these two types of witches, and he's a blood witch. Blood witches are apparently bad. But like it gets into uh a lot of like race politics and like genocide, extermination, those sort of concepts, again, done in that really smart way of abstracting out, it's a small story, right? It is a small story about a small set of people and the impact that they have on the world unintentionally. But not even really about that, it's just like about this community. And season one was just like a wild, fun, intense ride. It's like difficult and funny and sharp. And I just really loved it. And I hope Netflix doesn't cancel it after two seasons. They will. Like They cancel everything else. It's so frustrating. I'm going to make a quick back to Andor plug.
2: If you like hearing like watch along podcasts with people that are smart talking about it, I've been listening to this podcast called A More Civilized, More Civilized Age. It's a podcast. Um, they're actually going through all the, uh, that what's the Star Wars animated, the Star Wars animated TV show, Clone Wars, but they're like, Andor is too good. We need to talk about it now. And so every week (laughs) they've gone and like talk about Andor and like the people on it are just really smart. Um, and, uh, I think like it's a really good, like, listen. Uh, if you're like into one of those, like, watch along as you watch a thing, hear other people's thoughts about it, check out, like, even just the andor episodes of A More Civilized Age as you yes. watch it. It's really good.
0: Yeah. I just sort of flipped, uh, a thing. The other suggestion that I have, uh, is a, so I was having a conversation with my boyfriend about what type of TV he likes to watch. And we were talking about how he likes to, like, watch happy TV because, it's really intentional for him to sort of step away from his emotions. And he does this, he talks about, <laughs> it's great. You, you all will understand this. He like it runs it at a background process of something 19 or something. Um, like the, 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 the lowest priority process that you can run, like on a oh, Linux okay. machine. Yeah. Um, he, cause he, I mean, he's a, uh, by trade, a rocket scientist, software developer, CFD, uh, and now works in software development. And, um, So he likes happy shows because they don't remind him of all of the like sadness or frustration that he's got that he's putting into boxes and like pulling out slowly to work on in the background, like we talked about. So I know I think I use sad shows to process my trauma. Exactly. Right. Yep. Like watching them helps me move through that because I can, because I struggle to access it. He has no problem accessing it. But what he talked about is because we were talking about like if we watch happy shows together we get more of that sort of fun romantic giggly opportunity that you don't get in hard shows and so two things it's why he loves anime and so I'm always a big fan of My Hero Academia um, and um, Assassination Classroom uh, but then the other thing is Steven Universe Steven Universe great Steven Universe one of the greatest animated shows ever I think
2: yeah. You you're, you might get some hate from that. Some people are mad about about Stephen Universe, but don't it's fine. Don't worry about it.
0: But so, have you ever seen Stephen Universe? No. <gasps>
2: oh,
1: yeah. you would love it. So I got to ask, neither of my usual co-hosts have ever seen either of these shows. Have you guys seen Heartstopper yeah. or Heartbreak High?
2: I've seen Heartstopper. Both- I have on my bookshelf up there the graphic novels. Of graphic yeah, novel yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. It's um, good. I have a bunch of Alice Osman stuff. I really like a lot of Just Like Her stuff. I think it's all really good. Um, I've watched three episodes of Heartbreak High. I think it's very yeah. interesting. It's weird. Yeah.
1: It's so, wild. Like The beauty, the thing that really hooked me about Heartbreak High is the uh, relationship between Quinny, an autistic girl, and I think Darren, who is a uh non-binary like queer character who just like understands Quinny in a way that it's just a very heartwarming relationship. He understands her autism in a way that nobody else does and the two of them together
2: make a pretty unstoppable pair. I I love that show. It was so fun. I've heard I've heard yeah, I heard good things about it so I started it, but there's too many TV shows, but I'll say I love Heartstopper. One of my favorite things about Heartstopper Mm -hmm. is I think like within a lot of queer media, even like technically happy queer media, people can't just like be gay and not be punished. Like you expect that someone that there's a gay kiss. Yeah. And then immediately something bad happens. And Mm -hmm. this is just they're happy. You know, they're just happy. Yeah, that is it's such
1: a like you're all like for me there was this tension watching it because every time there was progress in the storyline I was waiting for that hammer to fall I was waiting yeah. for the repercussion of of being gay or of finding out your bi. like yeah. what are the the consequences and it never happens and it's just like a, it's it's a heartwarming show it, it's it's super easy mm-hmm.
0: yeah i love heartstopper i think the one thing if you're a queer person who grew up like in the nineties and the eighties, uh, heart for me was a wonderful show and it like activated all of my teenage trauma and angst about the life I didn't get to live. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Definitely.
1: See, I had the, I had the good fortune, like, like I'm pan and like i I've, I've always had attractions to same sex and other and uh because i also had an attraction to women i never had to come out in high school like there was never any pressure i could satisfy my my curiosities and everything with perfectly socially acceptable in the 90s uh ways of living um and i never had to deal with Uh, the, the, what most people, what most queer people deal with in, in high school years. Um, I did, however, have like most of my friends were queer in some way and, and I saw, I saw brutality and like, I empathize so deeply with my friends that went through that shit. And it is for me cathartic to watch something like Heartstopper where that shit just doesn't happen. Even
2: where
0: just everyone's just happy. okay, and yeah. it's fine. Yeah, let's be gay and happy and be fine, friend Yeah, call is back. that a episode um, title "To the Gay." Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah, gay let's and be happy, gay.
1: We or don't... fall
2: back to the gay. <laughs> you know, gay, gay, gay is gay, gay. Gay men happy at some point is a callback. Now you can be gay and
0: gay. Yeah. But happy. oh, you could be double gay. Double gay, <laughs> gay and happy.
2: But yeah. No. So Brad,
0: sh- so Brad, should we hop into gratitude? Yeah. yeah, we should. Do you want to start, Brian? Um, sure. Actually, yeah, that's awesome. So I know that most people, um, have a love hate relationship with Hacker News because uh, the people on Honestly, Hacker News hate. can be very, yeah, they can be very not nice. And, um, but I'm not a developer like day by day. So I don't like, I didn't come into Hacker News until like this year, really. So I find Hacker News a really interesting site to look at for the links, not the comments, just the link. And the app that I love for that is called Octal, Octal, O-C-T-A-L. Um, I'm going to try and find out really quickly, um, who the, app developer is, um, but it's just like a really clean um, app, and I don't like using, if I can use a a real app and not a web app, it makes me really happy. Um, Daniel Wu, Octo for Hacker News, made by Daniel Wu. Um, yeah, it's just really, really great, and even, you know, it's clean, it lets you search, it's got deep link support, you can customize your news feed. Uh it's themeable. Um, it's ad free. No ads, no subscriptions, and no tracking. Uh shout out to our good friend Marco Arment, um <laughs> who loves that. But yeah, I just really love how clean and simple it is, and it lets me like in the evening before I go to bed, be like, what weird things did people discover on the internet today? And like an easier like it's easier than Reddit, which feels so much bigger to Reddit's me. Reddit's scary. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and honestly, if we're talking about comments, Reddit is also scarier in that regard. Um, Hacker News, honestly, like aside from Daring Fireball, uh, if I've ever had something blow up on the internet, it's been because of Hacker News. I have a uh, I have a love for the amount of hack of of traffic that Hacker News can send to a project. Uh, they have a very engaged readership of people that will follow just about any link.
0: That's yeah. That's awesome. And also I just like, it's really cool. It looks like it's actually an open source client too. We love um, it. because the source code is on GitHub. Oh, nice. Yeah. Can you Drop a link to that in the show notes. Sure can. And it also looks like I'm going to, uh, Daniel also works currently at Disney streaming doing their app, which makes sense because mm-hmm. it's really good actually.
1: That's fun.
0: All I right. Like
2: Quinn, tell us about yeah, okay. your pick. My app is called Arc. It's the newest browser on the block from the browser company, which is a bad name. Um, I think they're specifically <laughs> actually called it the browser company of New York, which is even more preposterous. <laughs> but it's the best app, best browser I've ever used. It does a lot of really interesting things. Um, you have like profiles, um, you have different like stages almost in a way where like you, I have like a fun section and a dev section and you can pin. So first of all, I'm a tab. I smashed the command T button a million times. And arc is like, we know you're going to do this. We clear that every, every, every 10 hours you can change it. But I'm like, it's like, we'll clear up. But if you want things to never disappear, you can pin tabs to each space. And then if you like, it will like stay that and you can like go back to like the home if you like stay on the same URL. It does like a lot of really interesting things. Um, But one of my favorite things about it is easels. It's this like thing that they made kind of where it's just like you have this like block of area that you can like attach screenshots to, draw on. Um, But one really interesting thing is you can have live previews to like screenshots in a website. So you can like select... You hit the like shift command to button, I think it is. And it brings up like a screenshot selector, but it's based off like HTML elements. And you can select a certain thing. Then you can add it to an easel and have it live update. And then you can share it with people. Nice. And so the one thing that makes me really interested about it is I've been really on this like, I want more people to have like little homes on the internet for themselves. But I also want you to never have to program. Because... I don't think everyone should need to know to program. And this easel thing is super interesting in a way because you can like have these curated internet collages effectively that can be static, they can have some live content, they can have cute drawings, they can have text, and then you can share it with a link. And then my friend even added it in an iframe on another part of his website because it's just a link. I don't know how it does it. It's magical. You can if you like, lo- if you're hosting something on localhost, you can add that to a s- live thing, and that will live update, even though you wrote. I don't know how it does it. Like it's truly magical and weird, um, but it's just super interesting. And I think like it's bringing a lot more thought into a the main thing we use, a browser to b- b- browse the internet, yeah. and like it's putting thought and. Um, like for example, there's these things called boosts, which are basically just like you want to add some custom CSS, add a boost to this, write the CSS. You want to add some like oh, really quick JavaScript. Yeah, that's add a boost, write man, that JavaScript, and we'll add it to the page.
1: That's a big deal. Like, do you remember user scripts? Yeah. And like, uh, yeah. What was the what was the plugin for? I use
2: Stylebot. Firefox still and for Chrome. CSS.
1: Stylebot. Yeah. There was one even before that, but like the idea of having. The ability to inject custom scripts and custom CSS, uh, I have missed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those old plugins have gone away. That's a
2: big deal. So the um, booths I, are so good.
1: Yeah. I signed up for art uh, the second I heard about it, and I just got my beta invite today. Downloaded the browser, and it gave me a server error Let's when I it. tried to sign up. So I have not had a chance to play with this yet but based on what i've read i definitely want to
0: yeah i wasn't sure either but i'm also arc like here's my favorite thing about arc just to shout it out is the fact that when you click on like a new link it opens in this window called little arc yeah. which is like a new window but it's like a floating window and then you can change which workspace like it has workspaces and profiles and you can link them together and all in the same like browser window and you can just switch between them at the bottom and then the other thing that I love is that at the end of each day, it just automatically archives all of your tabs, but you can get back to them
2: if you want to. And you, Brian, you can pin tabs if you never want them to go away. Yep. If you hit the command. Yep. Just by dragging it up. You can also, if you. Or, okay. You know how like everything has a command K bar nowadays. We've hit command K. Yeah. It opens a thing. So, or command shift P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So arc. if you hit command T, it opens what they call the action bar which is a command K bar in my brain. Um, And so you can, it's, you can just like type a link, type a Google, but you can do a bunch of other things in it as well. Um, And you just kind of like try typing. I actually learned some stuff because when I first signed up, a person was like, hey, do you want to have a call about how to use this? And I'm like, I do. Uh, Tell me things. Because I had one question and the person's like, you can just type, like, I was like, how do I move things between workspaces? And they're like, type move to workspace, like the name of it. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> what? You can just hit Command-T and write move? Um, and it's also interesting because it's like plugging in with a lot of really cool things. Like if you use linear, you can like add a new linear co- like from for the Command-T bar. If you use Notion, it like works super well with Notion. If you're part of hashtag Notion Nation or whatever, I don't use Notion, that's scary. But um, it's like thinking about other cool web apps that people use and making it nicer to use them.
1: Nice. All right. I'm sold. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, i, I I'm, got, I'm, I'm, waiting just to get in. I Join just, the arc-pilled, people, you know, need to get in.
0: Um, I'm going to ping right. them on, I'm, I'm going to ping them on Twitter and be like, Brett Terpstra.
2: <laughs> I will, I will, I'll submit, I will submit my own bug request. Thank you. <laughs> no, but they, uh-huh. are you in their private Twitter? When you sign up, you get access to their private Twitter. You can tweet them at.
1: I, I did not Ooh. get that. Yeah. Are you not part of the um, private Twitter? apparently not because
2: there's the browser company but then there's arc internet which is a tweet and they're like it's like a private one you have to like tell them your thing and they'll let you follow it all right huh. i'll check it out um do you guys use launchers at all
1: uh i use rake alfred. Oh, yeah. I quick we're rake, we're
0: rake 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 kids okay yeah. i used to use alfred right, so
1: my okay my pick for the week is launch bar and that's because i'm old um I started launch bar predates Alfred, uh, everything except for Quicksilver, which has recently made, uh, a resurgence. Um, but I got into launch bar after Quicksilver kind of stopped development. And, uh, I just kind of went whole hog on launch bar. That said, um, Alfred is amazing. Raycast is outstanding. Like I have, it, this is not a like um, a competition. No, I guess like I I am I'm sold on LaunchBar because I have like muscle memory that just I can do anything I want to do with a couple keystrokes in LaunchBar. Whether I'm launching applications or sending a file to another application or or performing internet search or doing a quick calculation, like LaunchBar is just second nature for me. Um, this is true for anyone that uses any launcher. Uh, once you once you have the muscle memory for something like uh, Quicksilver or Raycast or Alfred, um, you I just can't imagine using my computer without one of these apps.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. When I switched to I'm Raycast, gonna... I used the... Yeah. I, so I can't spell at all. And Alfred has the spell command where you can type the word spell and butcher anything as long as it's kind of close. <laughs> it will bring it to you and then... You can enter and it'll copy to your pasteboard. And Raycast has something similar. If you use the word, if you type the word define, it will bring you into the same thing. It uses the same keyboard or like uses the same like dictionary and you can butcher anything. It'll bring it out to you. But I had to literally like add a shortcut so I could type the word spell because I'm like, I'm so used to typing (laughs) command space SP enter butcher a word yeah and get it spelled correctly. See, I wrote a system
1: service for macOS that uses Google's spelling, uh, basically like the did you mean. It scrapes the did you mean results. So you can type any word as butchered as you want to, and it will bring back Google's suggestion for did you mean. That's wild. And And you can do that in a text editor. You can just type a word, highlight it, and then and then so, run it through the did you mean um and then i incorporated that into launch bar so i can in launch bar just type space and then a butchered word and it will come back with the correct spelling of that word Spelling, um, i'm not positive that service even works anymore google has made a lot of changes since i first developed that but but yeah that is a very handy feature I'm very good at spelling. I I am an eighth grade spelling bee champion. Wow. Um, same. Same. That's, Seventh that's and eighth it. grade. I almost made it to nationals. That said, if you put me on the spot and asked me to spell unnecessary, I would fuck it up.
2: I I can't spell any word where there's like an S and a C and they're kind of close to each other. I'll put, Decision. I can't spell that right. I'll put the S <laughs> and the C in the wrong place every it's, single time with D- D- e- fail d-e-s-c-i-s-c-i-o-n all right decision yeah d-e-c-s-i-o-n that's decision for me <laughs> that's close enough it's close yeah in- i mean but if you uh, right click that <laughs> good people are not sure what you mean if you're like d-e-c <laughs> like and you're like it's like that's not a word and you're like i know it's did decision. you mean description and you click it and they're like description to blank and i'm like no it's decision (laughs) and they're like you're not close and i'm like please i need to be close (laughs)
0: all
2: right well thank you too for
1: joining me today on short notice to fill in for the usual overtired suspects
2: nice
0: excellent all right uh thank you so much i am going to yeah i don't know what am i saying wow okay great Yes. Are you Thank closing up my podcast for me? No, I mean, I was going to, but then I wasn't. What do you want me to do, Brad? Do you want to close out your podcast? I
1: guess, I guess, I mean, I feel like it's my responsibility. I feel like this yeah. is on me. Go for um, it, Kosky. So I will just say, Brian, Quinn, get some sleep. Get some sleep. Thank you. I'll try.
0: The system is going down
1: Hey there, good people. Before you go, we have a bunch of new places where you can interact with us. Please check out our Instagram feed, our YouTube channel, Twitter, of course, and sign up for the Overtired newsletter, which will sort of pick up where the show leaves off with expanded show notes, uh, a
0: little bit of what the three of us get up to between episodes, and let's face it, there'll be some musings. How can you resist musings? You'll find details for all the ways
1: to interact with us in the show notes and at overtired.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, for listening.